touch, touch. It's pretty powerful, isn't it? It really is very powerful. God created us to be touched and to touch. It's no small matter then that, uh, as we heard in the gospel reading, that uh, a group of parents wanted to come and have their children touched by Jesus to bless them. And, And blessing, a Jewish blessing is always the laying on of hands. It's using your hands. It's touching. And so as they made their way to Jesus, you know who got in the way? The disciples. The disciples basically said, Jesus is too busy for little kids. Listen, he is dealing with adults. Adults are the ones that are important to Jesus. Not these little kids. Master doesn't have time for that. He can't be distracted by children. There's a lot more important things to do. In a rare showing of emotion, you know what happens? It says in our text, Jesus got really angry. The Greek word means he was very angry, indignant. And he commands his disciples, let the little children come to me. Do not get in their way. The kingdom of God belongs to such as these. And then he laid his hands on them. And he blessed them. I I always find that such a beautiful picture of our Lord Jesus and the children. Jesus touching children, touching their lives. The incident that Mark records for us becomes a very teachable moment. Because what happens is, is that Jesus then says, you know, to his disciples, he says to us, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God like a child will never enter it. Now think about that for a moment. You know, of all of God's creatures, you know what the most vulnerable and most useless of all born? It's a baby, a human baby. A human baby, you know, you you can't tell a human baby, go change yourself. Man, after five kids, I wish that would be. But you can't do that. You can't say, go feed yourself. What has to happen? That child has to be cared for. That child has to be nursed with mom's milk or with a bottle. That child has to be kept safe and warm and protected. She or he can't do a thing for himself other than just cry. Jesus wants to touch lives. And the reason why he uses children as sort of the example of the kingdom... And how you receive the kingdom is because, see, it's nothing but gift. A child has nothing to offer. (laughs) Well, I guess a child does. But all the child does is cry. Everything that a child has, everything that, when I was little, I grew up, everything is gift from my parents. The very fact of my life is a gift from my parents. Especially in an age of abortion. My mom and dad were 18 and 19. Could have easily just aborted me. Everything is gift when you're a child. And that's exactly what Jesus says about all of us. The kingdom of God is received as a gift. You don't earn it. You don't deserve it. It's a gift from God. And the gift that comes in the touch of Jesus Christ. To receive the kingdom is to be touched by Jesus. 
And Trinity takes these words of Jesus extraordinarily seriously. In 1874, a group of German Lutherans, there was about 15 of them, got together on Main Street in Elkhart, Indiana, in a feed store. And they established a Christian congregation, and the same time they established a Christian school. And for over 144 years now, Trinity has been operating a Lutheran school. And so as we begin this Lutheran Schools Week, I think it's important for us to just remember, why are we doing this? Why do we have the expense of this? Why the headache sometimes of this? Well, the first thing is children matter to Jesus, and so therefore they need to matter to us. But let me clarify something about our Lutheran school. Our ancestors, nor do we, have a Lutheran school to just be an alternative to public education. Okay, that's, that's not why we have it. Just, a, you know, a nice alternative. No. The other reason that we don't have a Lutheran school is somehow that it's going to be a safe zone, okay? It's going to be an oasis, a shelter from all of the evil and all of those influences for our children. We want to keep them safe in the confines of our Lutheran school for as long as possible. That's not why we have a Lutheran school. Well, we have a Lutheran school is really simple. It actually is found in the headings of each of the parts of Luther's small catechism that he wrote 500 years ago. And you know, when Luther wrote this little simple pamphlet on Christian teaching about the Ten Commandments, the Apostles' Creed, the Lord's Prayer, the Office of the Keys, Confession and Absolution, the Lord's Supper, and Holy Baptism. When he wrote that as a simple explanation of Christian teaching, on each of the headings he wrote, this is how the head of the house should teach his children. He didn't, he didn't make that pamphlet, the small catechism for pastors or Lutheran school teachers, he made it for parents. And so what a Lutheran school is, is an institution that is to work in tandem with parents. To work in a partnership with parents in such a way to raise their children up to do two things. So just two things. One of those things we heard in the first reading that I read from you from Deuteronomy. In fact, this text is so important in Jewish circles that every devout Jew recites the first verse of this phrase every day, like like as Luther teaches us when we get in the morning, we should open our day and close our day in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Every pious Jew, that's what they do. And what they do is this. They say, Shema Yisrael Hear, O Israel, the Lord your God, the Lord is one. They are, this is our faith, the oneness of God. And then, then Moses goes on and says, You shall love the Lord your God with your whole heart, with your whole soul, with your whole strength. And what you need to do is talk about the Lord your God in your homes and at your dinner tables. And when you go on trips, and when you're resting, 
and when you're working with your kids. Everything that you do, teach them the importance of the Lord God in their lives. So that's what a Lutheran school does. The first thing is to teach our children to love the Lord our God. To have their life understood under the umbrella of God's presence in their lives. And the second thing, because Jesus was asked the question in the Gospels. He said, Master, what's the greatest commandment? And he recites Deuteronomy, you shall love the Lord your God. And then he goes on, he says, the second commandment is just like it. Think about that, just like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Jesus said, upon these, the entire scriptures are to love God and to love the neighbor. And so those are the two uh, reasons why we have a Lutheran school, working in partnership with parents to teach our children and give them a foundation of loving God with their entire being, not just with their mouths, but with their actions in their heart and even the way they conduct all of their affairs and to grow up to be a just man or woman an honest worker in society, somebody who contributes to the greater good of others. That's it. That's what it means to love God and love neighbor. Working in partnership with our Lutheran school, you know what? Our Lutheran school can do now what increasingly public education, which is government-funded, cannot do. And I've talked with public school teachers, and it is increasingly more difficult to share their faith in public, to share Scripture in public, to teach children morals in public. It's increasingly becoming like that is, you cannot do that. You can even get fired. Okay. That's just the way it is. But our Lutheran school can unabashedly teach the truth of Holy Scripture. And what that means is this. We can give our children, working with parents, a spiritual and moral foundation to build the rest of their lives on. You know how important a foundation is? A foundation is everything, especially if you are in construction. If you don't have a sound foundation, I tell you what, the house can collapse. In this conjunction, I come to 2 Timothy's words to us. Paul writes Timothy, remember, he first of all reminds Timothy of what? What happened in his home life. That he said, you know, Paul says, remember from early on when you were a little tiny kid, how your mother taught you the sacred scriptures. How she brought you to worship. How she taught you how to pray. She was a Christian. And these scriptures, Paul says, were able to make you wise for salvation in faith in Christ Jesus. You know, how does that happen? What does Holy Scripture do? The truth of Holy Scripture does two things. First of all, it tells us the truth about the human situation. Look at what's happening in our world. You talk about divisions now. You talk about racism, you talk about sex, you talk about all these divisions, and you talk about people getting into camps, and you talk about the abuse of drugs, and you talk about broken homes and broken families. 
It's all around us. It's almost, it's an epidemic. It's a disease. And the scriptures tell us the truth about it. You know, you, we cannot help ourselves. All of the self, we have more technology. Friends, more technology now. We have better medicines than we ever have had. We have more of everything. Are we better off? Tell me. Is that making families wholesome? Is that making families well? Oh, you're a fool if you think that. The scripture says, you know what this is? This is sin. This is a rebellion that came into us. It's part of, regrettably, our DNA from the very beginning because we want to be gods. We want to be the masters of our universe. We want to be in control. We do. And the scriptures point this out. And the only way is, first of all, to realize you can't. That's the first step in AA, to realize what? You're helpless. And our politicians aren't going to solve it. More laws are not going to solve it. A literal transformation of the heart solves that. And that's what happens because Scripture not only points out the disease that we have called sin and rebellion and selfishness, it also points to the remedy, Jesus Christ, the Word made flesh. It points to the one who came among us, lived the life we never could live. He took into himself all of that disease and he took it to a cross and he put it to death so that those of us who were touched by him in the waters of holy baptism were reborn. Paul goes on. He tells us, you know, listen to these words. As I studied these words again this past week, I was struck. Listen to these words. He he warns Timothy. He warns Trinity. This is what he says to Trinity, to you and I today, this morning. The time is coming when people will not listen to sound teaching. But they will have itching ears and surround themselves with teachers who will tell them what they want to hear. They will turn away from listening to the truth and listen only to lies. Whoa. That's exactly what's happening in our culture today. Fake news. Yeah. And you listen to what you want to listen to. And you want to be not challenged by anything that interferes with that. I I can't believe when I read some of this stuff. Really? This is almost like, are the crazies running the shop? But it's happening. I got to ask you, you know, I've, I've been around for a long time, 65 years. Those of us who are older, does it look like things are getting better in our culture today in America? I ask you, is it? I don't think so. I don't think so. And that's why we have a Lutheran school. That's exactly why, to assist parents in teaching the children a truth that isn't a fad, that isn't the moment that all of us should be doing. Oh, no. The scriptures teach us, and that's why Paul says, have these scriptures so that you can discern, you can rebuke, you can correct, you can train people in the way they should go. 
This is a truth that doesn't change, and I think one of the great things that we need to teach our children today, it's always been that way, but I tell you right now, I pray for my grandchildren and pray for all of them because what they need to do is to learn between that which is true and that which is a lie. And that's taught, brothers and sisters, that isn't just caught. We've got to teach and equip our children to live the truth of Jesus Christ in a world that is increasingly hostile to the message of Christ. To teach them the truth of what it means to be a man and a woman. The truth of what it means to have a holy marriage in the sight of God. The truth about the gift of children. The truth of what it really means to love. Not just an emotion, but a life of sacrifice and service. The truth about our human origins and about our destiny. That we are not some cosmic mistake. I heard, I heard this guy on the radio, NPR, this last week and talking about, you know, well, ultimately, the humans are just a joke. They're a quirk of nature. And I thought to myself, if you believe that, then you know what? What, what is the purpose of living? Really? That's all it is? We are just simply a cosmic accident? An evolutionary anomaly? Oh, that's what's going on out there. That's what's being taught, I can tell you right now. Uh Uh-uh. No, what the Scriptures teach us is that we were created by design. By a loving God, we were created in His image And we were created to love and to be loved. We were created to, in the end, be folded into the love of God. That there is truth to this universe. And there is right and there is wrong and there is ultimate justice. My dear brothers and sisters and friends who are with me today, that is not being taught or held in esteem anymore. That is why we have a Lutheran school. The mission of Christ is our mission. To touch lives forever with Jesus. Because our bodies become his body. Our eyes become his eyes. Our feet become his feet. And that is how he touches children. He wants to bless children. Listen, one day, our money ain't going to mean one thing. For all our striving, for all of our saving, money ain't going to save you. Careers, think about it. Some of us spent a lot of time. I was 10 years post-high school just trying to become a pastor. All the time, energy, and money. But careers, well, they eventually end. You retire. Sports! Oh, man, some of us live for sports, and some of us, our entire families are devoted to the sports of our kids, and we do all this, and we spend all this money, and we're consumed with it, and we're running all over. And guess what? It all comes to an end. 
It really does. The joints start wearing out. Your eyesight isn't what it used to be, and you find yourself running the wrong way on the court. No. And even our health. Oh, man, some of us, I'll tell you, we run. I'm a runner. like to work out. We, we eat right, live right, try to do everything right. No matter how right we all do it, what's going to happen? You can't escape it. You know what I'm talking about. One day, I'm not going to be able to run. One day, I'm just going to be laying there. And I'm going to have the people that I love and love me around my bed. And I'm going to say goodbye. But my brothers and sisters and my friends here this morning, there is one thing that can never be taken away from me and for anyone who believes. That is Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen? He can never and will never leave me or forsake me. That's what I gave my children that I want to give them and I want to give all the children of this parish because they're all our children. A foundation that will last them, not entertain them. Somebody asked me, Pastor, why don't you have a, why do you have all these kids in, 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 in church? Man, it's so disturbing for us adults. Gosh, doesn't that sound like the gospel? You know why? Because we want children here. And sometimes, you know what they have to do? They have to be taught how to behave and how to act in church. I know for some people, really? Yeah, they actually do. They don't get it until they come. And that's why Trinity is not ashamed to say, no, you know what child care is? You in the pew. And if they really scream, go into the parent room. Well, friends, for 32 years, I have been privileged and honored to work with incredibly devout parents, wonderful lay leaders, absolutely sacrificial teachers and administrators, and lay people who have loved and had a passion for our school and have done so much over these years. And let me tell you, in the 32 years I've been at Trinity, I have seen great moments at at Trinity Lutheran School, and I have seen moments that some of us have gathered together in prayer and wondered, how are we going to do it? But the Lord has seen us through. He's faithful. And for 144 years, Trinity has maintained that Lutheran school through thick and thin, through good and bad. And I think what a testimony to the perseverance, to the spirit, to the mission, and to the generosity of a wonderful congregation we call Trinity, who love children and love the Lord. And take to heart the words of our master this morning. Let the little children come to me. For the kingdom of God belongs to them. May God continue to bless 
us in this sacred trust and responsibility. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.